well, either we move to the West Coast and we stay with the company and leave all our family behind, or we go all in with this business thing since I've been doing this research for all this time. And we decided to go all in. And I started, you know, the, the business. And I kid you not, like six months after I started, actually not even six months, it was a very short period of time after my daughter and I am now, it's my youngest daughter, ended up in the hospital. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, you amazing abundant leader? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the pay it forward community, proving to you that you can in fact live a life of abundance in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. Today in the pre-show, before we get started with the conversation, I want to talk about pie. <laughs> I love pie, but that's not, not, not necessarily that kind of pie. I want to talk about the pie that everybody says they want a piece of. And I recently had this conversation with somebody I love very much, and this individual has a little bit different view on this. So we got into this conversation. I thought it would be relevant for you to get in on the conversation. And by the way, if you're not in on the conversation, go to our Facebook group. Go to Facebook and just search Men of Abundance. You'll find the Facebook group and you'll find the Facebook page. I would greatly appreciate it if you like the Facebook page. Make some comments, but definitely request to join the Facebook group where we can continue this conversation. Now, let's talk about pie. I'm just going to get right to it because I don't want to spend the whole show talking about this. Let's continue the conversation in the Facebook group. But if you believe that there's only one pie and there's a limit to how much of the pie is can be distributed, meaning if somebody already owns the pie or a large piece of the pie, then there's none left for you. If that's your belief system, you've already lost. You cannot possibly live a life of abundance and be an abundant leader by believing such a scarcity mindset. If, there, in fact, somebody does own an entire pie, let's say, for instance, Facebook or Microsoft, if somebody owns that pie or a large majority of that pie, then go find another pie. There are other pies out there. Let me give you an example, and this is a pretty extreme example. But could you imagine taking on not one, but two federally regulated industries? That's exactly what Martine Rothblatt did. If you've never heard of Martine Rothblatt, look her up. Martine Rothblatt took on the federal, I guess you call it the radio regulations, many years ago and invented satellite radio and created Sirius XM. That story is amazing in itself, but it didn't stop there. Martine ended up having a daughter who had some serious medical issues and could not find a treatment or a cure or anything. So what she did was she went after 
multiple pharmaceuticals and asked them to create this particular medication that she knew of and she was looking for only it wasn't actually created yet. She had the basic formula and she kept going to all these different pharmaceutical companies to ask them to create it and produce it. Well, she kept getting shot down because the pharmaceuticals realized that there's not enough people in the world that would need this medication. Therefore, it wasn't cost effective for them to do the research and produce this particular medication. So what did she do? Did she stop there? Absolutely not. She went out and created her own medical company and created this product and since then has created many other products that have helped so many people all over the world. My point is this. There was a pie. In fact, there were two pies and there were certain groups of people and even the federal government who had their hands in that pie and she took on the entire two different industries and what she did was she literally created her own pie and then shared that pie with people all over the world she created satellite radio and shared that with the world and then out of need for her own daughter she created a medical company and created multiple medical breakthroughs for many people all over the world that is a true abundant leader that is the way you don't let the scarcity mentality of they've got it all, therefore I can't have any, hold you back from creating your own pie and creating your own abundant legacy. Now, I know there are many more stories like that out there, and I would love to hear your stories, especially if that is your story. Please go over to Facebook and join the Men of Abundance group. Let's continue this conversation. And while you're at it, go ahead and take a screenshot of this podcast, of this episode, if you are listening on your phone, and share it out all over your social media, wherever you hang out at on social media. Hashtag Men of Abundance and tag me so that I can find it as well. And I would greatly appreciate a rating and review over on iTunes so that others can find these conversations. If you're getting something out of them, somebody else will too. Now, I'm very excited to introduce our featured guest today. Today's guest is Joelle Lewis, founder and CEO of Integrator & Co., a digital marketing agency that helps experts reach more people, scale their business, and increase online sales. Joelle and his team specialize in funnel strategy, funnel design, funnel repair, and funnel building. In addition to generating millions of dollars and thousands of leads for his clients, Joel is a father of three and is passionate about the intersection of fatherhood and entrepreneurship. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Joel Lewis. Joel, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, Wiley. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be on the podcast today. I'm super excited to have this conversation. Where are you at in the world? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I have not, yes. I don't know that I've talked to anybody in Massachusetts yet over, what? out of after over 300 conversations. What? Are I would you remember that. <laughs> That's I'll amazing. I'm the only, I'm the only, I think. I'm the only uh, business owner in Massachusetts. And what, <laughs> yeah, I bet you are uh, the only uh, successful one anyway. But what, what is, are you originally from there? Where, where got you into Massachusetts? No, I'm originally from, uh, my parents are from Haiti. I was born here uh, in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. 
And yeah, after being there, we moved to Queen, we moved to Long Island, I mean, when I graduated high school and I attended St. John's University. And shortly after attending St. John's, I couldn't finish there, just couldn't afford it. And I ended up going to Technical Career Institute, which is like TCI or University of Phoenix. Probably people are more familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And when I was almost done there, six months remaining, Intel Corporation came by and they were doing some recruiting. And I was just fortunate that they allowed me to test and, and kind of being part of the hiring process, even though I had six more months remaining in my, in my education. And on the spot, they hired me and told me they'll wait for the six months until I graduated. And sure enough, they did. Flew me out to New Mexico, lived there for about a little bit close to a year. And then from New Mexico, they flew me out to, to Massachusetts. Man, how, what an ego boost that is, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. extremely excited. I'm a, that must have happened a while back, but I'm extremely excited. I'm, that's just exciting for me to hear. Yeah, it was, it was very exciting, especially being at, you know, so young and, you know, mm-hmm. not sure where, where life was going to go. And, 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 you know, after leaving, uh, you know, St. John's University, which is, it's a beautiful campus. And at the time it was 10,000 a year, but my parents couldn't afford it. They, they, I was just fortunate that they, they were able to move us to a home in Long Island, which I still today, I, I have no idea how, how they did it. My mother worked in a laundromat. My dad drove a truck locally, but somehow they were able to scrape and, and get things together and, and make it happen. And so couldn't afford St. John's and TCI was in the middle of Manhattan, literally across the street from what they call that Madison Square Garden. So you go from mm-hmm. this beautiful campus of St. John's University, even though it's in the city of Queens, it's, it's gated and it's surrounded by trees and it's like you're in the suburbs to going to TCI, which is literally in the middle of Manhattan, traffic, all this kind of stuff. So I was, you know, I wasn't sure where things were gonna go from, from there, but when this, you know, amazing company came and decided to do this recruiting, man, it was just, it was game changer for me. Yeah, for sure. What a, what a great opportunity, man. And I'll tell you, mm-hmm. well, I will tell you, although you're most likely the very first one I've talked to in Massachusetts, I think you're the third person from Haiti I've talked to and uh, some amazing stories. And I'll tell you, and I, I, and sure, it was very difficult for your family at the time to, you know, do the things that they did for you, but it's all about priorities, right? I think mm-hmm. when it came to that generation, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and good thing you was a priority. <laughs> yeah you know i mean in the uh, episode before this or one of the episodes you just released i don't know when this one will be coming out you you talked to jv crumb and he Mm -hmm. talked about you know you know he talked about making it having a world where everyone has the opportunity right Mm -hmm. and and then you asked this really poignant question in terms of like well you know, almost essentially you were saying, well, do, does everyone automatically get the opportunity? And he, and he replied back saying, no, you, you're still going to have to work. <laughs> you're, yeah. still, you're still going to have to work, but if you're willing to work, like, you know, like my parents, you know, you can make something out of, out of the, the, the hand you're dealt. So. That's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. And it's, it's, it's shown time and time again, and it's certainly shown in you and we're going to get much more into here right now. So one of the things I like to start out with that we didn't even get into, and we have already gotten you know into the conversation <laughs> real good, is I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for specifically today? 
Man, Wally, you know, I have to say, I I don't know when this podcast is going to be released, but, you know, current day, you know, we're dealing with COVID and we're doing dealing with, you know, you know post George Floyd. And as a man of color, I, I have to say, even though, you know, the, the world seems to be on fire, you know, I, I try always look for the, the, the positive and, the, the, and to be grateful that that it seems like this, the world, not just America, is 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 open to having this conversation, is open to looking at, you know, the, the history of things and what's really going on in America and in the world. And, and people are really standing up for it. So I'm very grateful for that. And I'm, I'm very uh, optimistic as to what will come, you know, because I have, I have three, you know, three young uh, daughters. My wife is, is half Italian and half, half black. And our daughters, all three, although my wife looks very light and she could potentially pass a Caucasian, my, my daughters are definitely not. And, you know, I want to make sure that the world that, that they grew up in and the world that I leave behind sees them as of powerful women, not, not, not the color of their skin, but just women who can contribute and have value uh, to offer to this world. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. And I'll tell you my perspective on that being a white man and my background is also an equal opportunity for the United States army in the Pacific region. Mm. And, you know, just living my life and spending time with the people that I've spent time with around the world in 24 countries. And I'll tell you, I, I truly believe that the world is open to that conversation. And I also believe that we have a lot more growing to do, but Mm -hmm. there's, there's, I, this is my personal belief. There are small groups of people out there that are instigating a lot of things and we will prevail. We, you and I, you and I will prevail because there's way more of us than there are of them. And we just need to shut them out some way, somehow. And we will figure that out. And I think we are, I think enough people are having that conversation that we're realizing that, you know, what I see on the news and what I see on social media is completely contrary to what I see when I walk out my front door. Mm -hmm. I mean, I live in a very diverse neighborhood and we're not just cordial to each other. We are here for each other Mm -hmm. and genuinely. And that's what I see because that's what I attract into my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So one of the other things that we like to get into is we, you know, we're going to get into your story. I talked a little bit about you, what you do professionally, and that is super exciting. And I just love that, you know, chopping at the bits on the edge of my seat for that conversation. But even more importantly, we like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, how would you describe yourself? You know, I would say that I am a, and this is something that I've struggled with for quite some time, but I guess in one word, I am a processor. Okay. So if you're familiar with the DISC profile, there is, you know, the DISC. And I didn't discover the DISC profile until 2013. Thank, thank God. Um, listening to Jamie Masters and Dan Miller, which I think you, you know, both, both individuals. Oh yeah, I've talked to Dan <laughs> Miller a couple times. In yes. fact. Right. And, and through that discovery process, I, I discovered that I'm a high C and a high D. And a high C is someone who is a processor, who is very detailed oriented, who, you know, actually says clearly a high C tends to 
want to think about things. And usually once they've done that work in terms of the processing, the researching, whatever they need to do, the response or the answer they tend to provide is, is close to accurate or as good as possible, if you will. It may take us time to take action, but when we do, we're taking probably the best action that we can. And the reason why I've struggled with that for quite some time is because uh, when I was at Intel Corporation, in terms of moving up in the corporate ladder, because I was a senior manager, it required, from a leadership standpoint, the ability to make decisions quickly. So I was challenged by one of my managers to, to do that, to start making decisions quicker. And I was able to adapt and, and kind of be able to, to do that, that kind of quick decision making. But I found when I look back in my history, when I take that time to process and think things through, even the current day situation that we're talking about right now, I, I, I find that I'm able to, to come to a conclusion and a, a solution that tends to work out really well, really well for me. And, and I've done that for a number of things in my life, including building my, my business. Well, that's excellent that you're able to make that, you know, that perspective and have that perspective and be introduced to something like the disc. And there's many other type of personality uh, profile tools out there for that. But disc is one that many people are familiar with, but it's, it's, it's very important for us to be able to, I call it taking an inventory of who we are and yes. how we think. And that really leads into our strengths and we- strengths and weaknesses. And then we decide, well, do we want to improve our strengths and or work on our weaknesses? And personally, I'd like to, to know what your thought process is on this. Personally, I like to work on my strengths and kind of delegate out my weaknesses because it doesn't yeah. do me any good. Unless there's, you know, solopreneurs. Now you've been a solopreneur too. And I have too, <laughs> but you, you know, solopreneurs, we just got to suck it up and figure it out. Like kind of like what I'm doing right now in, in this new building funnels, you know, and learning the whole mm-hmm. click funnels process. Cause while I know the, the mechanics behind it and the marketing behind it is the technical part. That's kind of frustrating sometimes, but I, I enjoy doing it. Therefore, I'm going to learn it, although I have gotten a few guys online to help me out with a few things. <laughs> I don't call that cheating. I call it using your available resources and, short, right. and skipping the line, if you will. So what are your thoughts on that? Right. Yeah, I think, you know, everything you just said is spot on. So taking inventory, reflecting. Again, the conversation you had with JV, you guys talked about this as well with him going out into the mountain. And I, and I literally do the exact same thing. Go out to the mountains or go rent an Airbnb. and and I take that time. Right now, I'm doing it annually. I want to get to a point where I do it uh, twice a year. I might actually do that this year. I did it earlier this year before COVID-19 happened. Went up to the White Mountains in New Hampshire. But two things I would say about that. It's Number one is when you're taking that inventory, I think, you know, and I try to talk to people about this a lot, is, you know, you, you getting to know who you are. Good, bad, ugly. And making a decision, I am going to focus on the good. And yeah, there's these ugly or bad things, but what do I, making a decision on those, am I going, do I want to actively change those habits or bad things? Or or am I going to say, all right, I know that's like, for example, my wife likes to call me OCD, right? Like I'm very organized and everything like that. And I like things clean. And 
you know, for a long time, I never really looked at that. That was just my way of being. And I got that from my, my mom. And but meeting my wife, of course, she was able to point that out for me. And I had to really, you know, I could have I could have been angry at her. I could be like, well, what are you calling me OCD for? And maybe initially I was. But then I, I decided, let me really look at, am I really OCD? Am I really that bad? And how bad am I? And then once I looked at it, I was able to now actually have strength in terms of saying, okay, I'm going to accept this and I want to keep this because this plays, there's some disadvantages in it, but there's actually a lot of advantages in the way I am. And I'm going to keep this trait. And then there's other things that I've decided I'm not going to, to keep. And in that process saying, okay, since I am the way I am, let's hire a maid and let's have a maid come twice a week so that the house could stay at a level that I want it because I have a level, my wife has a level, but by now identifying the way that I like things and then having the conversation with my wife saying, Hey, let's get a maid that comes twice a week to do that deeper cleaning. It took away arguments, right? It took away conflict and, and it, it satisfied something that I want. So I think that that's the first part in terms of like looking at those, doing that, yeah, that kind of reflection, you know, really looking at things and just coming to terms with, do I like it? Do I not like it? Do I keep it? Do I not keep it? And then the second thing uh, that I would say, one of my coaches was Scott Beebe. Jamie Masters was one of my coaches. Scott Beebe is, I think, the next coach after that. And one of the things that he taught me in terms of like, there's the strengths and then there's the weaknesses. In those strengths and weaknesses, there's the things that I could be strong at it, but it doesn't bring me energy. I could, and I could be obviously weak at something, but maybe I'm excited about that thing, even though I'm weak at it, but I, I just love tinkering. And so he took me through this process of identifying what are those things that, that I, I'm strong at and brings me energy. What are the things that I'm strong at that doesn't bring me energy? What are the things that I'm strong at? And I'm kind of neutral about it. And then same thing from the weakness standpoint. And then by going through that process, I was able to identify which are the things do I delegate out, which are the ones that I hire for first. And that's how I've kind of built my team. Because there are certain things that, you know, I may not be strong at, but I love geeking out on them. And I love learning. Like maybe with you at ClickFunnels, you're not strong at it right now, but you love clicking, you know, geeking out on it. Whereas accounting, it, it, surprisingly, you might think as a business owner, I want to see the money. Accounting just drains the life out mm. of me. It's, it's not that I can't do it. It's not like I can't learn. I wouldn't mind geeking out on QuickBooks. I just do not enjoy the, that side of things at all. So that was one of the first things I delegated out. Yeah, for sure. I'll tell you, when I took accounting in college, I learned one thing and one thing for sure. I do not want to be an accountant. <laughs> especially because you know the average person out there that's never actually done a course like that thinks you know it's just adding subtracting and this that and the other there's so much more in depth I will say that I love business finance to the point mm -hmm. to where I'm able to look at something and say okay here's a few of the problems that you have here's some strategies you can implement but when I want to go deeper I give it over to you know mm -hmm. Doug who's my CPA and 
they do the rest of it. They do all their amazing magic and say, here, well, yes. I go tell them to do this type of thing. So yeah, for sure. You got to know your lane. And you know, you've mentioned JV Crumb a couple of times. I want to mention to listeners out there, that was the last episode at this point that's aired mm-hmm. um, episode 316 men of abundance.com forward slash 316. And then Scott Beebe, another great conversation I had got introduced to him through Aaron Walker and Scott BB was episode 243. So thanks for bringing those guys up because they're just absolutely yeah. amazing, amazing people and mentors to many men out there absolutely. for sure, especially Aaron. So anyhow, you know, thanks for sharing all that because it's extremely important to, you know, take that inventory and, and do like you did and move forward. One of the other things that I want to ask of you is to, it, you know, a little bit uncomfortable for some people because mm-hmm. you have to kind of reflect on some times in your life that weren't so fun. But mm-hmm. I like to get this kick in the gut moment. And the reason why I talk about this kick in the gut moment is because we all have them. It's what you do with that information and that experience that sometimes, you know, changes the trajectory of your life and sometimes even pays it forward to other people. So if yeah. you would, and we'll get into that if that's the case, but share right. with us a kick in the gut moment and really make us feel that. Yeah. So I, I, as I mentioned, I worked for Intel uh, for actually, I worked with them for 15 years. Amazing company. Loved everything about the company. Still love everything about the company. And prior to a few years before, so Intel ended up closing shop here in Massachusetts. And prior to that, I forget, they closed in 2015. Uh, 2015, 2016. And in 2008, when my first daughter was born, I had the ability to go on sabbatical and, and Intel paid for it and everything like that. And it was amazing. And that is actually what led me start towards the entrepreneurial, start researching the entrepreneur thing. Because prior to that, I was just a corporate guy, right? I was grateful for this company. This company was amazing. Everything about it. I was just going to continue doing what I could do there. And then when my daughter was born, that was kind of like the catalyst that led me towards podcasts and listening to podcasts and everything. I eventually launched my own podcast because I couldn't find at the time any podcasts that were interviewing successful entrepreneur dads like Aaron Walker, Scott Beebe, all these folks, Dan Miller, and also were talking about the fatherhood aspect of things. Like how do you, how do you leave whatever you're doing to go start a business with all the risk and everything involved with a family already? right? Mm-hmm. Versus like starting a business when you didn't have a family. Yeah. So I ended up, <laughs> right, completely different story, right? So I ended up launching a podcast called Startup Dad Headquarters. And I did 140 interviews, found the answer, you know, do all the interviews I did. And then I, and, and then in 2015, when Intel closed, my wife and I had this conversation, because at that point, I was, I had done the podcast for about a year and a half, two years, said, well, either we move to the West Coast and we stay with the company and leave all our family behind, or we go all in with this business thing since I've been doing this research for all this time. And we decided to go all in. And I started, you know, the, the business. And I kid you not, like six months after I started, actually not even six months, it was a very short period of time after my daughter and I am now it's my youngest daughter ended up in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for multiple days and what ended up starting to happen and all, all three of I have three girls, all three of our girls have GI issues and they're seen by a specialist in Boston and they all have had issues throughout 
the time, but the youngest one is the is the worst. And it like it literally when when I started the business, it's like it kicked into motion. And it was every six weeks we were back in the hospital, back in the hospital, surgeries, admitting e- emergency room visits. I mean, and it just kept going on and on and on like this for a very long time to, you know, if you can imagine now, it's like, we've, you know, I had this one year runway, you know, did all the math, figured out what we were going to do, and then got kicked in the gut, as, as you, you know, pointed out. And I just wasn't sure what I was going to do at this point, because I was a solopreneur. I was a flipping solopreneur trying to build this business so I could, you know, obviously keep as much money as I could and put as much money into the business as possible. And, uh, and I eventually learned uh, that I needed to build this business where I would not be the technician, the manager and the owner. And I needed to start to hire people so that I could have the freedom because this pattern of emergency room admitted surgery there was no end in sight. And, and that's essentially what I, I ended up doing from that. I mean, there's a, obviously a lot more into that story, but, but now I do have a very, very successful team that I've been building. Yeah, you absolutely do. I've been checking that out, man. And thanks yeah. for sharing that. That's a very personal kick in the gut for sure. And I want to thank you for sharing that. And it's one of the conversations that I have with, it's one of the very first conversations I have as soon as I receive payment <laughs> from a client, I tell them, listen, here's what's going to happen. Now that you've made this decision and you've gone all in, mm. everything that could possibly happen mm. to get in your way is going to happen starting tomorrow mm. morning. I promise <laughs> you this. And every single time it happens. And it's not like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I've, had, I've yeah. not had this conversation and I've had this conversation and it's happened mm. regardless. So I like to just have it up front and I say, look, it's just going to happen. It's the way it is. It's the way things work. That's what I'm here for. I'm going to be your coach. I'm going to be your consultant. We're going to work through it. Uh, It's going to be personal and it's going to be financial and it's going to be physical and everything else. But, you know, so good for you. And and that's the other part of the conversation is to get help. You cannot, Mm -hmm. you cannot do it on your own. You can get a certain distance on your own, but you cannot achieve greatness and abundance on your own. It's just not going to happen. And if you do, it's completely unfulfilled, right? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's two things on that. So like, you know, I don't know what the, your, your faith is and the the rest of the listeners, but you know, the devil likes to kill, steal and destroy and, and, um, destroy right mm-hmm. so and then and, and from an entrepreneur standpoint or uh, i guess from a a uh, law of attraction maybe standpoint it's uh, resistance right it's you you come into this you know just like you talk about with your clients you finally make a decision to move forward with something and then all of a sudden it's like bam it's like you hit this wall it may happen that, that very next day it may happen three months from later but it just there's just this, once you start to make a decision, once you decide that you want to go a, diff, a certain direction and change, mm-hmm. it's like there's all this resistance that, it's like it's testing you. It's like the universe is testing you to see, okay, yeah, you say you want to make the change, mm-hmm. but let's see if you're really about it. Let's see if you're really willing to wake up at 4.30 in the morning every morning and, and do the hard work uh, to finally get the result that you want. 
and it and it's so true and it's and it it's applicable to business it's applicable to losing weight it's applicable mm-hmm. to you name it it's it's it, it just seems to always happen and i've experienced it as a business owner i've experienced it every time i go from the beginning and every time i'm trying to hit a new milestone mm-hmm. you know when you know i for some business owners that first dollar is a milestone then for whatever reason it seems like 10,000 is the next number i don't know why you go from a dollar to 10,000 then then it's like six figures right then it's then from six figures it's like a million dollars so maybe there's something in between but yeah. i just feel like whenever i try to you know level up to that next milestone there's always that resistance and it's going to be there and you have to be ready for it and you you have to push through Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, one of the tricks that's got me through some of that stuff is just to go out and pay it forward to somebody else in some way, somehow, rather it's just share some knowledge, drop some cash somewhere or whatever I can just to help somebody else out. That's always been something that's really helped me push forward and continue doing what I wanted to do. So how are you paying it forward? What are you doing to pay it forward within your community, uh, within your family, or even to other entrepreneurs? Yeah, this is a great question. And, you know, it's, I'll be honest with all the, you know, the, the, if you could imagine from the time, what, 2015 till now, so five years of trying to build this business, dealing with medical conditions with, with our three girls, you know, a lot of times you get caught up in your own, life right like you're just trying to make it it's like oh my goodness every time i'm trying to make it and uh, and god is just so amazing because i ended up going to a click funnels conference in 2018 and something i didn't even know existed honestly i mean i feel i feel silly i don't know i feel like how did i how could i not 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 know but at the conference in 2018 there was this organization called OUR, O-U-R, Operation Underground Railroad. And, and, and uh, they were going to do a documentary. They were going to release one of their documentaries. And it just so happened that the documentary was based out of Haiti. And the reason why they call it Operation Underground Railroad is because they deal with freeing children from sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And... Man, Wally, I did not even know that that was something that existed. And I definitely didn't know it existed to the level that it is. And that America is one of the larger consumers of of this thing. And I sat there and watched that documentary. And they went into, they went, you know, uh, undercover, the CEOs, ex-military uh, special forces, I believe. And he ended up leaving the military because he was seeing these things happening. And because of the rules and regulations, he couldn't interfere. So he said, you know what, I'm just going to leave and I'm just going to start this organization. And uh, they went underground, undercover and everything. And they were able to to free these uh, a number of kids during this documentary. And the, actually the CEO ended up adopting two of the kids who was like amazing individual as well to for doing that and right there I knew where you know where I need to make my contribution and and what organization that we wanted to support as as a company and and just personally so 
that's that's currently that's where you know I do do you know focus my attention. Yeah, that is absolutely amazing. I learned of that. Well, I've known of it for quite some time, but I was with another organization that used to contribute greatly to various organizations. And I actually had an opportunity to, I didn't get a chance to talk with him, but I did meet Timothy Ballard, who is the guy mm-hmm. gentleman you're talking about, at a Tony Robbins event. And Tony Robbins actually went undercover right. on, a, yes. on a mission with him. And it's it's it just hurts my soul just the stuff that they do but you're right you know i've seen um of all the stuff that i looked at over the years they were saying that there's more people in captivity than there Mm -hmm. were during the the peak of slavery in the united states today and people nobody knows this it's men women and children but mostly women and children and they're used in i was in el paso when they they raided a gentlemen's quotation club which is the most ridiculous mm-hmm. name for such an organization and they're like 70 percent of the women there were they're against their will not exotic dancing stripping whatever it's just right. disgusting so thank you uh so much for right. contributing and what you do with that organization because it's man mm-hmm. it's sickening for sure and we can yeah <laughs> that's a downer but it's a one another one of those conversations that we just have to have uh, and I tell people all the time when I'm talking to young men, you know, or anybody who's going to these type of clubs, as I did when I was a young man, I'll admit it, and traveling around the world and stuff, but and in porn and everything, is you got to consider somebody's daughter is there against their will and being forced to engage in that activity. Right. It could be your sister, right. daughter, mother, you name it. It's just consider that. So guys, consider that seriously. Yeah. So what's what's crazy about it, really quick? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, what's crazy about it, really quick? You know, I don't know how. Don't want Trump and stuff like that. But one of the things that, and it, it's insane to me that they don't publicize this more. Whether it's Trump, Obama, I don't know who. Is that was on the news for just a blimp? Nineteen was that they raid on found it was like tunnels like these uh route that i think was from mexico to california and they were able to do a massive bust on or to kind of to kind of stop kind of stuff and i feel like i guess the powers that be don't want that publicized right because it then it brings light to something that is really going on in the world and unfortunately those in power who are potentially consuming this stuff and and doing this stuff have enough leverage to keep it to keep it hidden where it's not hitting the mainstream media but i i wish you know hopefully through conversations like this and stuff like that people people learn about it just like i did in 2018 yeah, there are people at very high levels that are having these conversations. And I just recently saw a a, new, a news, an article that came out that there was a large organization. It was Hollywood, a lot of people in Hollywood that were caught. And, you know, I take everything with for what it's worth, because right. you got to consider who owns the networks mm-hmm. and why this stuff isn't getting out there. So you can say conspiracy theory and stuff like that all you want. But when you look at the data and look at the facts, I mean, right. you got to put two and two together. It's really not that difficult. 
Yes. So, and then just start doing the right investigations and, you know, powerful people got to be taken down. They got to be taken down hard, uh, knocked off their pedestal because we put them up there <laughs> and there's no reason <laughs> for it. You know, and I say we, I mean, collectively as, as consumers, personally, right. I could care less. I mean, I can walk right up. I've walked right up to Tony Robbins and, you know, I used to be, you know, I'm not just awestruck and you know, I'm not saying he's, a, he mm-hmm. helps out with all this stuff, but anybody, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, especially after doing this show for four years, I've talked to some amazing people <laughs> and found out, you know what? He's just like I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. So anyhow, man, that's, yeah, we can have this conversation forever. And it is a conversation that has to happen and much more has to be put into it. And it's not just about money. It's about time and resources and just bring out the truth and what's going on, regardless of who's involved in it, because it's not, it's not serving anyone other than those that are profiting from it. Profiting, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, man, we are at the point where we are going to pay it forward with a couple uh, little bullet points. Are you ready to do that? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. Excellent. All right, listen up, Abundant Leaders. If you want to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, you absolutely can start your own business coaching business. The fact is business owners need professional coaching more now than ever. And as a business coach, you get the opportunity to put your skills to work, provide a critical service, and get duly compensated. Now, if you're saying to yourself, I would like to change careers, I would like to enhance my current career, or I would actually like to be a profitable business coach, that then brings up the question, how do you structure a coaching business? How do you get paid? How do you get clients? These seem to be the biggest questions that I hear when I'm talking to people who want to start a coaching business, specifically a business coaching business. How do you do one-on-one coaching and group coaching? And how do you set up a member site to create continuity within my coaching business? And then, of course, even if you can't figure all of that out, what's the investment? Well, I'm going to answer all of those questions for you and much more. All you have to do is go to BCB. Bravo Charlie Bravo dot AP That's where I will be sharing with you how to give yourself a raise whenever you like, gain more leads than you can handle, so you can be very selective about who you choose to work with. You'll find out how we get clients fast results so they stay and pay for years, not just months. I will share with you how we literally show the prospects the money so you don't have to sell. And more importantly, to me anyways, you will potentially be saving lives and marriages, possibly even yours. It really is that serious. Now, if you're ready to take full control of your personal economy, put your leadership and business skills to work, and you believe that starting your own business coaching business might be the solution, then head over to bcb at apbusinessmastery.com. And don't worry about trying to write that down. You'll find the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. And this can be personal, entrepreneurial, whatever you feel will best serve the uh, listeners. Yep. Number one, start the day before the family wakes up. Mm. Okay. That has been huge for me in towards my success, especially if you have young ones. Start the day before your family wakes up. I uh, kid you not, majority of my day 
majority of my week, I start up my day at, uh, well, now with COVID, I start at 5.30. Prior to COVID, I start at 4.30 and I'm at, I'm at the CrossFit by 5.30. So that's number two, get the workout in, right? Because the, the, the energy that you need to be able to deal with the stresses that are going to come, to deal with the, str- the resistance to push through, to deal with everything that's going to get thrown at, at, at you as a, as a man of abundance, you, you're going to need that energy. You're going to need that capacity to be able to deal with more. And, and, you know, one of the analogies I think Gary J. White uses is, you know, you could have a hose that you use to, to water your garden, or you could have the, the, the pipes that run underneath the, the street to deliver water to, to, to and from different houses. They both deliver water, but one has a lot more capacity. And, and I look at working out as giving me that capacity to deal with a lot more of what the world's going to throw at me. So, and then number three is, you know, from a business standpoint, don't do it alone. You know, I have this argument with, with friends who start, try to start businesses, argue, not argument, discussions. It feels to make sense to hold on to as much money as possible and to not hire and do it yourself. And no one's going to do it better than me. And it's going to take me time to train someone. And, but man, you, you will never get freedom if you're, if you're doing it alone. You're, you're essentially just replacing a job for another job that you own with all the responsibilities and all the risk and everything. So those are the three. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll tell you, that's the difference between, like you said, owning a job or having a business. You know, having a business, the dream is that you, you know, have the time and the money, you know, the money and the time to enjoy, because what's the point in having one or the other? You know, if you just want the time, you can go out and, you know, be homeless. You'll have all the time Mm -hmm. in the world you want. And if you want the money, you work, you put your nose to the grindstone and make all the money you want, but end up without a family and friends and, you know, good leisure time and your health for that matter. So absolutely. You already mentioned a few rituals, obviously, but what other rituals make the biggest impact in your life? That morning routine. So because I wake up at 4.30, you know, on post-COVID, and even now with the 5.30, I wake up and I do my, my stretch. I'm 44 years old, so stretching is important. Meditation, prayer. I actually start my morning. I, I read this book, and I know one of your questions is going to be about a book um, called The Five-Second Rule by um, Mel Robbins. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, like, I don't, every book I read, I, I usually find like one, one, two, sometimes maybe three nuggets that I could take and apply. The biggest one from the five second rule for me was putting my phone in the bathroom instead of the nightstand. And the second from the five second rule is before touching that phone and jumping on social media. So one, by just putting it in the bathroom instead of the nightstand, I'm up. When the alarm goes off, I'm up really quickly. We have a master bedroom. I'm up really quickly to shut it off so my wife doesn't wake up. Two, my workout clothes is already in there, so I'm already set up to just throw those on as opposed to shutting it off and going all the way back to the bedroom. <clears throat> Three, I turn on the light, so that's now that bright light just wakes me up anyway. So I just kind of ruined the, the possibility of going back to sleep. So I'm putting, I'm, I'm actually creating my own resistance, right, from, from going back to the bed. And then when I do turn on the phone, I go right to YouTube and there's this church that I follow called Free Chapel. 
And usually God just puts an episode that's perfect for me, right timing. And it's like, it pops up right on top because it's, it's a, a channel that I follow. So it's always, there's like a new episode, just not new, but like whether it's three years old, the one I listened to today was three years old. It's right there. I click on it and I start listening to it while I put on my clothes and everything like that. I don't get into social media or anything until way later in the morning. And that's how I propel and set, set myself up for, for a powerful day. Man, that's intentional. That's living life on purpose, man. I absolutely love it. So we, you talked about a book and that is a great book. I've read that book as well. But what else are you reading or listening to that you would recommend to men of abundance and why? One of the things I would recommend because of the current day, again, I don't know when this is going to drop, but I don't, it doesn't matter when this drops is uh, a friend of mine put me onto it. It's called seeing white. So seeing white and it's a podcast that talks about, because even honestly, even for me, uh, quite honestly, as a man who's, you know, you know, grew up poor, but my parents was able to do a lot of things, get us into a, a home in Long Island, which of course, Long Island is amazing to be living in. It's kind of like the suburb. And then working hard and getting Intel, six-figure salary, building a business. You know, I'm, I'm doing well as from where my origins uh, were from. And, you know, you hear a lot of times that, you know, and this is true, even for me, growing up, going to school, trying to learn as much as I can, I didn't actually learn a lot about my history. And being someone who is not, in, uh, my, my, my descendants are not American, you know, blacks, right? My, 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 my descendants are from Haiti. So I didn't, I don't know that history, the civil rights movement, I don't know that history as well as I probably should. And so I've been diving in deeper and learning and learning and learning. I've been consuming so much. And one of my good friends shared with me this podcast. The podcast is called Something on Radio, but the, the season, season two, is called Seeing White. And it is a how I'm on episode eight or nine now, and it is amazing, extremely powerful. Anyone who really wants to learn, whether you're, you're white or black or where, wherever you, you know, your, nat- your ethnicity is, really want to understand the history of this whole thing and the system around it, I absolutely recommend you start from season two, episode one, and work your way up. It's amazing. Excellent. I'll have that linked up in the show notes and I will take the time to check that out myself, especially with my background. I've always doing more research and learning about certain things. And that is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel that holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? That is a great question. I think, you know, I, I, I would say, it's visioning, right? And, and not, you know, and I know some, you know, some people will feel like it's, it's kind of, kind of woo woo, or, or if you will, whatever visioning means to you, whether it's, you have to actually literally do a vision board, which I don't do, whether it's writing down what your, your goals are, which I do. And one of the things that Scott Beebe made, made me take, took me through all the way out to the, you know, defining a date that meant something for me. And my, my date is when my oldest daughter 
enters high school because I know at that point I have four years left. And at that point, I would have to have, I would love to have my business to the goal is to have the business where I'm literally just completely the owner of, of the business. And I have, you know, ultimate freedom, right. Uh, to spend a massive amount of quality time with her for, for those four years before she's off to college, which I, I do have quality time now. And I, I do a whole, part of my morning t- routine during COVID is seven fifteen. I, I, we did a workout this morning, all three of my girls and Bible study and meditation and everything like that. But, but I want to have even more, you know, almost like semi-retired, if you will, is the ultimate goal. And, uh, but all of that is through visioning and is through deciding what I want the next year, two years, three years, five years to look like. And just by doing, even though that, that was an activity I did with Scott Beebe, a number of years ago, whenever I look back and whenever I've done that activity with my coaches or, or by myself, it's like, it just happens. Like it, it's amazing how it works. It just, whether I look at it every day or not, uh, and I don't look at it every day, but when I go back and I revisit it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've actually accomplished exactly what I, I stated I wanted to, to get done. So I think the, unfortunately, a lot of people are you can't, what is it? You can't see the picture when you're in the frame. And mm-hmm. sometimes people are so stuck in the picture that their mind is not, cannot envision something bigger, something greater. And if you could figure out a way through books or podcasts or something that's going to start to expand your mind that will allow you to, allow you to vision bigger, I think that, that will get you a lot further than where you are today. Yeah. I completely agree. And that's my personal experience as well. We can go very deep into that conversation because I've got journals that I've looked back at and realized that I've accomplished 80 to 90% of what I wrote in those journals just through intention. And you you know, it's always going to happen the way you envision it. But uh, one thing's for sure is that you have to become the person that deserves that thing Mm -hmm. that, experience that lifestyle along the way. But one thing that I found is very important, and I'd like your thoughts on this too, is the destination's great. But I've found mm-hmm. that when I've reached certain destinations and achieved certain goals, it's like, okay, what's next? But <laughs> I've found that enjoying the journey just seems to be a much more feeling, fulfilling process. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I mean, again, the, the, the story, even though it's, it, it's, there's been struggle there's been, you know, arguments, <laughs> there's been tears, there's been so much worry, you know, it's made me stronger, right? It's built that capacity that I've talked about earlier. And the things that I've learned along this journey applies for so many things, so many other things in my life. And I'm sure is helping, will help me and aid me along my journey with three young girls who are two years apart, who will all be teenagers at the same time, who will all be going to college at the same time, who will all be hopefully finding the right person and getting, getting married at the same time. It will, it's, it's all giving me, you know, uh, Steve Jobs says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. And everything that I went through mm-hmm. at Intel, even though I was a manager at Intel and then starting a business is like, Oh, well, 
all those years of experience and everything I built with that, I guess is out the window. Nope. Everything that I learned at Intel, I am using right now to build this business. So the journey is, is absolutely, is absolutely amazing. And, and doing that visioning, even if you don't look at it and, and you're being intentional, what will happen is that when an opportunity presents itself, because you did that work of that visioning, you'll immediately be able to see, wait a second, mm-hmm. this is what I, I've been getting prepared for. This is what, this is exactly what I wanted. And the ability to say yes and no to things will come a lot easier because you you did that, that visioning work early on. Yeah, for sure. The ability to say yes and no. Yes. <laughs> that is sometimes people have a problem saying no. I do not have that problem anymore. <laughs> right. So excellent because I am retired. I am I could be I don't have to do a darn thing for the rest of my life, but I choose nice. to continue adding value. I've been retired mm-hmm. for the last two years. I mean officially I retired from the military five years ago, but I one hundred percent retired about just over two years ago now. And it's a great place to be, man, because my daughter-in-law is coming tomorrow. I get to drive to Orlando to pick her up, you know, my, cause her husband, my son is still in Korea uh, to, until mm. August and I can do whatever the heck I want, you know? So <laughs> mm. it's, it's a great place to be, man. So keep moving towards it. I know you're going to love it. So you're my role model. <laughs> yeah, well, you got, you got plenty to choose from. Aaron Walker could have retired like multiple times and he just won't do it. <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah. So what does being a man of abundance mean to you, Joel? Two things. Number one is, you know, the, the, so I have, like I mentioned many a times, I have these three precious souls that God has given me the, the authority over in terms of their growing them and, 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 giving them that foundation and, and helping them to grow into amazing uh, women. And, you know, when I think about abundance and when I think about uh, like legacy, it's like it, they are intrinsically tied to that, right? What, what will they become? Who will they become? And wh- what am I going to prepare them? Am I going to give them the tools, the uh, that they need? Am I going to arm them and prepare them with everything that they're going to need in order to uh, be prepared for the world that they're going into, be prepared to accomplish their 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 goals and, and know that it, it requires hard work to, to get it? And then what impact ultimately are they going to have on this world? And that is one way I look at abundance for me is like, because I can only do so much in, in my lifetime but now I could multiply, you know, with some, some influence, I could multiply that by, by three with them and then hopefully with them through their children and, you know, so far and so on. So that's number one. And then number two is looking at me and saying, okay, while I'm doing this work with them, you know, and I'm charged to do this work by God with them, God also has something that he wants me to accomplish. And, and and how am I living up to that? And, you know, you know, the analogy of, you, you know, when you get into the plane, you have to put on your mask first, because once you have your mask and you've taken care, taken care of the things that you need to take care of to survive, then you could now serve 
the, your community, the world, and make a bigger impact. And so when I, I I'm always balancing between those two things. Is it's there's that aspect of, you know, I'm charged to do this work with my children, but at the same time, there's something that God wants me to do as well. And, and I'm just trying to always be open. And that's why I start my morning the way that I do so that I am always in the space of being prepared, being open to, to do that work and, and make an impact as, as, as much as I can. So hopefully I answered the question, of course, you know, with kind of inside of that, there's the freedom, there's the flexibility, there's the finances, there's the, you know, you know, there's the, there's the, what's they call that? The, the tangible stuff, right. That mm-hmm. we kind of like the American dream that we kind of, yeah, we have a 3,300 square foot home. You know, I, I grew up in a two bedroom apartment with eight of us, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, so I, I'm providing my children something I, you know, I didn't have at all. So there's all those things, but I, I don't, you know, that's kind of like putting that mask on, but then there's a bigger vision definition for me in terms of abundance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause there's many uh, stories out there. There's many examples that we both can share of people who have all the tangible stuff, but are not people of abundance uh, in yeah. the least because to me, success is personal and abundance yeah. is, you know, when you're paying it forward and making a big impact with others. And I will add based on my observation of you and what you're doing, you have paid it forward big time and you're very abundant in what you're doing because through your business, and we're going to talk about, you know, your, your website integrator. Every time I look at that word, I want to say interrogator, but it's not interrogator. It's integrator (laughs) and CEO.com. So we'll have that linked up in the show notes guys, but you know, just looking at the stories of the lives that you've impacted through just one client, and has gone on to impact multiple families, businesses, and so on and so forth. That in itself, I want to highlight because you have not highlighted it yet because you're that humble. (laughs) But I want to make a point that you have made a huge impact in paying it forward with your clients. And listen, all all you listening out there, I know Joel gets this, I get this. When you're paying it forward, it's okay to get compensated for the things that you do too, because quite mm-hmm. frankly, I feel it's my responsibility to charge my clients because otherwise they won't do anything with the information anyway. I've proven that time and time again. Yes, uh, It's just part of the whole process. And I assure you, they thank me for it. And I know yours do too, because a couple <laughs> of them have been in the two comma club, which is absolutely amazing. So let's talk a little yes. bit about that before we let you go. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. And, it is, it is something that I, uh, again, struggled with for a while because when I did the disc profile and uh, read 48 Days to the Work You Love, you know, my superpower turned out to be technology. And I was like, okay, and, and, and helping other people w- with technology. And when I decided I was going to start this business, it was like, well, how am I going to make an impact with this? Because I'm just a, a tech geek guy, right? I'm not like a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not a rocket scientist, I'm not an astronaut or anything like that. And it, and after working with these clients and working with healthcare professionals and helping them to, with their diabetes program, with their stem cell autoimmune program, and with their, you know, coaches. And, you know, I have a client right now who helps moms and women start multi-million dollar e-commerce businesses and And after a while of doing this work, I finally realized this is where my impact lies with my company is that 
there's these individuals out there who have these amazing messages, who could do these amazing things and help families in an amazing way, losing weight. I have a client who helps people lose a pound of fat per day. It's like the program is amazing. I'm actually on the program right now. The program is (laughs) just, just amazing. And they've been in their own little local area in Pennsylvania. And now we're, we're taking their program nationally and maybe hopefully eventually internationally. And when, when I realized that, and again, it took me a while to finally realize it, it was like, man, this is where my, my impact lies is that I, I am great at the geeky stuff. I'm great at the technology. They are not, they are horrible at it. And that's the thing they tell me all the time, especially during the, the, you know, during our strategy calls and everything like that, but we're able to make it very, hopefully very pain free for them. And we're able to walk them through the technology bit and get the things that we need from them in order to build the funnels and, and, and help them to, to grow, grow and scale their businesses from five, six, seven figures. Actually, the, the e-commerce client where, you know, we're aiming for the 10 figure, the 10 comma, 10 million, which is the two comma club uh, X award right. this year. Excellent. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And especially with stuff like that, because people have their, you know, like business owners are amazing at what they do as contractors, chiropractors, you name it. One of your clients is actually a a chiropractor as well. Yes. And they're amazing at what they do. They have no business spending a bunch of time on the technology side of marketing and the technology side of setting up, you know, a a funnel like ClickFunnels or any software for that matter. They need somebody else to do that so that they can focus on what they do best. The only reason why I'm venturing into it and truly enjoying it is because it's something that I plan on integrating into my business model as well. Mm-hmm. And I can have more control over it. I could easily hire somebody like yourself to come in and, you know, teach me how to do it or do it for me or, you know, any number of things. But, and I do that with some things, but I just know, you know, I choose my battles. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Actually, the best clients are the ones who have some uh, knowledge of ClickFunnels and understand, you know, some details and understand the lingo and things like that. Those are the best clients mm-hmm. uh, who then say, you know, like the, the client that I, I mentioned, the e-commerce one. Yeah. You know, when we met, met her, she was already a, a seven figure business, but we, I mean, we, came in and very within a very short period of time actually within like two weeks we helped scale her business quite dramatically and we just we just hit a year we just hit a year with that client now and we continue to work with each other and, and continue to do amazing things with her business but she already she already knew the, the you know the, the game if you will like she already mm-hmm. knew ClickFunnels. she already uh, had the experience and she could she could go into ClickFunnels and do some things on her own Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's kind of like what we talked about at the beginning of the conversation is, you know, figuring out where do you want to, you know, leverage other people's time to, to maximize your, your time and, and, and scale appropriately or just have more freedom. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And it's also a matter of, you know, what you don't know is hurting you because there's mm-hmm. tools that you can use. And even within ClickFunnels, heck, Excel. I mean, most people only use like a tenth of what Excel is capable <laughs> exactly. of doing. 
where if you go take exactly. a class, you're like, oh my God, I can do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you just got to have somebody show you the ropes and hold your hand and walk you across that bridge. Right. You know? So absolutely right. huge, amazing, absolutely amazing service. So what do we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation and how else can we reach, get more of you? Man, we, we talked that we unpacked so much in this, in this podcast. It, yeah, this was amazing. So I think, I think we, we talked about quite a few things. I, I love the conversation. Thank you for having me on. In terms of getting, getting in contact with me, we, we created a page just for the men of abundance. If they go to integratorandco.com forward slash abundance, we have some free resources there. There's everything. It's just one page. It's clean. It's simple. Yeah, not a whole bunch of distractions like a like a funnel should be, and and from there they could get in contact with me. They could learn more about what a funnel is and and all that kind of stuff. Excellent, I greatly appreciate that, uh, and I'll be checking that out as well. And guys, we'll have that linked up in the show notes. So don't worry about having to write that down. Joel, excellent, absolutely amazing conversation. I truly appreciate your time. I dig what you're doing. Go out live your life of abundance and keep paying it forward, man, because you are making a huge difference in the world. And I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Wally. And I'll, I'll definitely do that. Thanks for having me on. For sure. Now, if you have a strong desire to live this amazing life of abundance and create your legacy of abundance, then your action step for today is simple. Just go hang out with your family. Do things with them that you wouldn't normally do. Find out what interests them. I find many men, they end up doing things with their kids and with their spouse, and they do things that they personally enjoy, and don't always go out and do things that your spouse and or your kids enjoy. I've got three boys, and they all have their own personal interests. Now, we all truly enjoy going to Disney and going to Universal and all the other theme parks out here in the Tampa and Orlando area and hit up every roller coaster out there. We all absolutely love that. But there's other things that they individually like. My youngest loves playing board games. I never grew up playing board games, therefore I'm not a fan of it. But we sit down and play board games once in a while. I'm teaching him chess because that interests him. And really, the real thing about it is, is he really just likes to spend time. And that's just one way that he knows that we can do that, just him and I. Now, of course, there are many other things that you can do and should do to create your legacy of abundance. But we don't have time for it all right here. I'd love to hear your comments in the Facebook group. So go check that out and go request access if you don't already have access. If you are in the Facebook group, then let's start that conversation. Ask your question. Share your comments. I love to have this conversation. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance. Oh, 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 oh,